Every generation confronts the task of choosing its past. Inheritances are chosen as much as they are passed on. The past depends less on what happened then than on the desires and discontents of the present. Strivings and failures shape the stories we tell. What we re recall has as much to do with the terrible things we hope to avoid as with the good life for which we yearn. But when does one decide to stop looking to the past and instead conceive of a new order? When is it time to dream of another country or to embrace other strangers as allies or to make an opening, an overture, where there is none? When is it clear that the old life is over, a new one has begun, and there is no looking back? From the holding cell, was it possible to see beyond the end of the world and to imagine living and breathing again? The rebels, the come, go back, child, and I are all returnees, circling back to times past, revisiting the routes that might have led to alternate presents, salvaging the dreams unrealized and defeated, crossing over to parallel lives. The hope is that return could resolve the old dilemmas, make a victory out of defeat, and engender a new order. And the disappointment is that there is no going back to a former condition. Loss remakes you. Return is as much about the world to which you no longer belong as it is about the one in which you have yet to make a home. I shall return to my native land. Those disbelieving in the promise and refusing to make the pledge have no choice but to avow the loss that inaugurates one's existence. It is to be bound to other promises. It is to lose your mother always. You are listening to the Bridge Between podcast, a weekly exploration of how a family history project transformed into a search for understanding, truth, and the points of connection between people. In dialoguing with others, we begin to understand ourselves. My name is Cisco Ramos, and this is The Bridge Between. Good morning. It is Monday, March 30th, 2020. The passage I read at the beginning is from Lose Your Mother by the great Sadia Hartman. And before I begin this week's episode, I want to welcome all of the new listeners and subscribers for joining The Bridge Between. In addition, I have two very special announcements to share. First, this is the penultimate episode of The Bridge Between's second season. After next week, I'm going to take a little bit of time to rest, but I'll be back in the not-too-distant future with the beginning of Season 3. And second, while I'm away, I'll be putting the final touches on my book, which is called And the Clouds Parted, Stories and the Making of an American Family. And the Clouds Parted is a 25,000-word nonfiction memoir that recovers and recounts the lost histories, personalities, and places that define me familia and so many American families like mine. In my writing, I bring together oral histories, original photos, and archival research from Spain, Mexico, and the United States. I reckon with the incomplete slate of my genealogy and vividly reimagine how Latinx experiences speak deeply and directly to what it means to be an American. Written from the perspective of a father reading a bedtime story to his child, And the Clouds Parted serves as a vehicle to remember, share, and bring together seemingly disparate populations into dialogue on the themes of identity, culture, and belonging. And the Clouds Parted will be available for purchase on Amazon in June. This week's episode of The Bridge Between is called A Conversation About Faith with a Friend. Recently, I was talking to a friend of mine about how religion and faith shape us. As a member of the Lumbee tribe of North Carolina, she told me that she sometimes feels as if she's caught between contrasting forces, where the weight of colonialism 
Native traditions and European religions uncomfortably coexist, commingle, and fight against one another. She told me this can be a source of tension within families because it raises the question of what is authentic, what is real, and what is native. Religion, she told me, is something I can't get behind because it is mediated by institutions and originally opposed by Europeans. Their purpose is to distance the individual from their higher power, a middleman, if you will. Faith, she continued, is something that involves an unlearning of sorts. The rules and rituals, they just no longer matter. It just gets down to you, just you. Faith, she concluded, is your personal connection to what lies outside of yourself. It's beyond belief, beyond ideas, beyond concepts, beyond pretty words that are meant to convey abstraction, beyond the internal, beyond internalized. Faith is on the outside, something you know you cannot prove, something you sense but cannot articulate. Words, language, and images fail to convey that connection, the dialectic between you, what's in your heart of hearts, and the striving and yearning to reach where the other meets the self. We spoke for two hours on the matter. I was raised Catholic, went to Sunday school, and chose St. Francis as my saint's name. I admire St. Francis because he was rich and chose to be poor, because he was charitable, gave away his family's wealth, because he believed in the universality of messages and people. It spoke to me at a young age and conveyed a simple message that often gets lost today. It's not about you. It's never been about you. It's about what you can do for others. And as our conversation unfolded, that simple point came up over and over again. She told me about the time her family disapproved of, and in her words, not being Christian enough. The idea of not being enough, not Christian enough, it really bothered her. Do you remember where in the Bible it talks about the rightness of being rich, or the rightness of being the most vocal, or the sanctity of being better than? I don't, she said in a rising voice. What happened to humility? What happened to helping your neighbor? What, helping, what happened to helping those in need? I told her that one of the greatest gifts my parents ever gave me was the freedom to learn and to figure things out for myself. I remember my dad sitting me down at a young age and telling me, in no uncertain terms, that your life is yours to figure out. Your choices are yours alone. My job as your parent is to help you in the ways that I can, to give you the tools that will help you figure it out for yourself. That's my job. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. When I told this to my friend, she stood up straight in her chair and said that that is rare. That never happened in my house. Things were very prescriptive. A certain way of doing something because that's the way they've always been done. You don't figure things out because they're already figured out. She then told me that she believed that if there is any good that comes out of our current experience with the coronavirus, it's that we remember that it's not about us. It's about how we help each other, how we live and care for one another. Because at the end of the day, we're all that we have. Most of us are in the same boat, struggling with the same struggles. The circumstances might look a little bit different, but the underlying dynamics are very much the same. The virus doesn't care if you're poor, black, brown, or white, religious or non-religious, highbrow, lowbrow, whatever. The virus is a virus. It needs a host to keep on living. Stay inside, wash your hands, stay away. Our conversation then shifted back almost to where it began, 
She mentioned that she is caring for several family members in a neighboring county. She can't do the drive back and forth anymore. It would be irresponsible. A frail mother and a sick child, it's asking for a tragedy. I asked my friend if her family's views towards her faith had changed. She looked me in the eye and said that little progress had been made in the 25 years since she left home. They jokingly label her as the one who got away. The label doesn't seem to bother her as much as it once did. And as our conversation was beginning to end, I commented that perhaps a commonality that I have with all my friends, an invisible glue that I am sometimes guilty of forgetting, is that we each came to our own understanding of who and what our God actually is. We were given the tools and through our experiences, slowly began to build a conception, a language, a dialectic between ourselves and something greater. I told her that it doesn't matter where you come from, where you stand politically, what class of society you find yourself. Faith is something that transcends our social constructions. We ended our conversation with a simple question. What are your beliefs? Because your beliefs serve as the stepping stones to your faith. I can't wait to talk to my friend again. From the bottom of my heart, I want to thank my friend who gave me permission to share our conversation, but ask that I keep her identity a secret. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Bridge Between Podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you'd like to reach out, you can email me at thebridgebetween at gmail.com. That's thebridgebtwn at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at thebridgebetween. That's thebridgebtwn. Thank you for listening.